Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the f What the f gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it. Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. You may recall a while back I did a podcast with Andy Shell of 59 North. Now Andy's trying to make a business out of taking people sailing with him. So if you're interested in getting some offshore experience, you might listen to this ad and see if it's something you're interested in. And by the way, I do recommend that you also subscribe to Andy's podcast, 59 North. Greetings, gang. This is Andy Shell from the 59 Degrees North Sailing Podcast. If you dig Franz's show here, you'll definitely dig my podcast, so subscribe for free over on iTunes. And if you're interested in getting out in the high seas yourself, join my wife Mia and I on our classic Swan 48 Eastbjorn, uh, that's Swedish for polar bear, on one of our upcoming ocean passages. Eastbjorn's a 1972 Sparkman Stevens Swan 48, perfectly configured for taking crews in style and comfort on long-distance offshore sailing trips. We sell four spaces per trip, with myself as skipper and either my wife Mia as mate or another professional sailing friend of mine who I hired to join us. Most passages are between five and seven days, with the occasional two to three week ocean crossing thrown in for the real adventurous among you. Got a bunch of trips coming up. In November, we're sailing south in the Caribbean 1500 from Annapolis to Tortola. Then in 2016, we're doing some trips in the Caribbean and a transatlantic next summer. Check out the full schedule on 59-north.com slash offshore. 59 degrees north. We're sharing the infinite wisdom of the high seas with those wise enough to seek it out. So come and join us. This is going to be part two of the two-part series on sailing in the Black Sea. The interview ended up lasting longer than an hour, and I thought it would be better to break it up into two separate episodes. All right, let's get on to part two of Sailing in the Black Sea. Talk to me about the cost of, of sailing in, in Romania. Uh, is it, um, what is a typical mooring for you if you have an annual contract cost for a 28-foot boat? Yes. Um, so it is about 1,000 euros plus VAT for one year, uh, if you buy it for one year. Of course, if you buy for just one day, or the price, the price is much higher. I think it's about ten euros per day. It is much, much cheaper than Croatia, of course, which is we can be, we, as far as I understood, can be ten times more expensive, around a hundred euros per day. Um, so, from my point of view, is not. It's not very expensive, especially if you intend to leave your boat for a longer period of time, for winter, for six months, or even for a year. It's not that expensive okay. compared to other places in, in the Mediterranean. Now, is it, it's not part of the EU, is it? It is. It is part of the EU. You can travel freely from Romania, from Greece or other countries to Romania, and vice versa, from Romania 
to all the other countries in the European Union. Okay, okay. I wasn't aware of that. I, I'm always trying to find places that aren't part of the EU because I don't want to pay VAT on my bills. Uh, yeah. VAT in Romania is 25% on top of... Uh, of the amount so let's say that if the the spot costs a thousand euros per year the price the the overall price would be a twelve hundred forty well that's uh that's that's a downside to yeah. me for romania but i could leave it for a year and then head back if i wanted to so this is interesting to me because i i had actually considered moving my boat back uh, back was through the Mediterranean next year. I've been in Greece and Turkey a lot of years, and I spent three years up in Croatia sailing there. And I thought, well, maybe I ought to look and check out the Black Sea. And I've tried to find resources on sailing in the Black Sea. And I, it, on the web, there does not appear to be very many resources. No. I also looked for resources just as a curiosity, and I found a couple of books published by Imre in UK, about cruising in uh, in the Black Sea, but they're not necessarily up to date. I think the last one was from 2007, when Romania was still not part of the European Union, and there was no marina at Limanu, which is the nicest one in Romania. Um, yeah, Bulgaria, as I said, they have bigger and better facilities. Ah, on the other hand, if you need repairs uh, for your boat, um, you can find uh, specialized small companies and specialized professionals that can take care of some of the most common issues, for instance, repairing sales or, or doing an engine checkup and the annual maintenance uh, that can repair certain small uh, things that get broken over time. Uh, but if you are looking for things that there are better better skilled people with more experience in Bulgaria because they during the communist period Romania uh, everyone in Romania was forbidden to have a boat so for 50 years sailing on the Black Sea disappeared uh, it, but actually didn't start because it started also later in in Western Europe uh, so we are quite behind by a number of years in terms of uh, history and yeah development overall uh, you can find better resources better facilities for doing repairs on the boat in some of the bulgarian marinas further south along the coast have you sailed much in bulgaria yet yourself or has it been primarily a romanian mm. thing no, it has been since I, because I bought my boat last year, it has been primarily along the Romanian coast. I went by car to a few, to a couple of places. And I, but I know from other Romanian friends who have a richer sailing experience than me that, uh, yeah, just as I told you that the Bulgarian marinas are better equipped and have better facilities for taking care of the boats than the Romanians one, ones which are just starting. Okay. So tell me about your plans for your boat. Where's the big uh, big adventures going to take place <laughs> in the next few years? Well, uh, this year uh, I wanted to go sailing uh, 
initially north to Sulina, uh, just to see how it is to enter the Danube Delta from the sea. And then, um, uh, of course, it's still my plan to explore the, the Bulgarian coast. And the highlight this year uh, was to go to Istanbul, which is about 190, 200 miles from, from Constanza. So if you go, if you do not follow the coast and you go in straight line from Constanza to, uh, to Istanbul in 30 hours or 36 hours, in, yeah, less than two days, you can be there. And then you can spend a weekend and if the winds are favorable and switch to the south and southeast and then you can return, basically. This is another plan that I wanted to do, to go for a week from Constanza to Istanbul, spend two, three or four days in Istanbul and then return to Constanza. Hmm. Okay. Talk to me about the weather patterns and the wind patterns in, oh, May, June, July, August. If you, mm -hmm. Are you familiar with them enough to give us some, some generalities? In general, yeah. Uh, I can give you an overview. Uh, that's, the, that's the best season. Uh, Black Sea compared to the Aegean Sea tends to be really windy, which is perfect for racing. Because even in summer, there are no days without wind. The wind always blows, even if it's between 6 and 10 knots, which is really good. Uh, in the summer, the wind tends to rotate, especially in, from the middle of June until the middle of August. These two months are uh, the most tranquil, the, 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 cal the most calm ones. In, during the year and the wind usually blows like this in the first part of the day it blows from north and northeast and then it rotates in the afternoon and evening to the south and southeast and this is a pattern that unless there's a major weather pattern coming from from the north this is usually what happens in these two months and it's really good for the cruising because the the sea again compare if i'm uh, if i compare it to the Aegean sea um the sea close to the shore is quite shallow so the minute the wind kicks uh kicks up ab above 8 or 10 knots the sea becomes really choppy and it becomes unpleasant for cruising uh, and for, just to have an idea, about four to five miles away from the shore, uh, the water is 25 meters deep and pretty shallow. In Greece, uh, a few hundred of meters away from the shore and the water is between 100 and 200 meters deep usually. Um, so it's good... If you are with friends, uh, if you go cruising with friends and some of them are, you know, that tend to get seasick easily, then it's, it's very good to go sailing, especially in these two months and to choose days when the wind doesn't blow more than 10 or 12 knots. Because as I said, it becomes really choppy. Okay, and that's primarily June, July, August. Then is that more yeah. than likely? Then so. Yeah, 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 and it tends the weather pattern tends to be quite stable. 
and quite nice. There are very few, there are very, very few occasions when an occasional spell of stronger wind comes from north and north northeast. And then um, as we go further into, as we advance in the fall, um, the wind tends to be more stable and blow for days in a row from usually from north northeast and it's stronger uh, it is usually between 10 and 20 knots daily and the sea it's usually it has average waves of about a meter okay so if you want to head from north to south getting out and heading back later on in the summer is a good idea then Yes, yes. It depends also on your uh, schedule. It's usually easier to go to move from the north to the south, uh, and you have outside this two-month uh, period the, over the summer. Uh, later in the fall and early in the spring, you have to chase a, a quite narrow uh, time time frame. Let's say. Uh, when the wind blows from from the sea, oh, sorry, from the south. Mm, okay, is there a time of year? Now I notice when I head over to Greece, if I head over in in May, uh, the Meltimis haven't kicked in, and there exactly. quite often are are southerlies that that could take me north if I want to head north. Is that yeah. similar to the Black Sea as well too? Um, perhaps those, I think, I haven't looked carefully, carefully, but I think in certain cases, the same stronger winds that blow from, from the south, uh, sometimes reach also because this part of Romania and Bulgaria is on the west of the Black Sea. Um, and there are no bigger mountain, big mountains um, blocking the way uh, of the blocking the wind from the south. I think this is the, the wind that you would be looking to chase if you want to move uh, again through the Marmara Sea and then to Bosporus and enter the Black Sea. All right, I want to take a break from the episode and talk to you for a minute. My guess, if you're listening to this podcast, is that you're either a sailor or you're dreaming of becoming a sailor. And more likely than not, it's the latter. You're a dreamer. Well, I'm going to try to turn you around from being a dreamer into being a doer. Now, I've talked about my personal sailing history in the past, but let's talk about you for a second. How are you going to achieve the goal of becoming a good sailor? Well, you're probably thinking, well, I've got to go get a boat. That's expensive. I can't really afford it right now. Or I've got to go charter a boat somewhere. It may be expensive. Mm, I don't recommend either of those. The way I learned to sail was getting on a racing crew. And the way I got on a racing crew was just go down to my local yacht club here in Salt Lake City, the Great Salt Lake Yacht Club, and get on a boat. Now, I was actually invited, but if I wasn't invited, and I've used this technique in other places, in fact, I was once up in Vancouver on business, and I know there's the Royal Vancouver Yacht Club up there, my buddy and I, who were both sailors, we just went down to the yacht club and said, when do you have your beer can races? These are races during the week that are after work that are a couple short round the buoy races. And they told us, said, well, we want to get on a boat. And of course, we got on a boat. We did pretty good that night. But that's how you learn to sail. Forget all this stuff about going on a big vacation and taking a class. Get on a racing crew. 
go down to your local yacht club when they're having a race. Go up to the race committee. Tell them you want to get on a boat. You may not know anything, but you're willing to learn and you need a skipper to take you along. If you do a good job, you'll be invited back over and over and over again. And if you don't like the skipper, get on a different boat. Now, before you get on a boat, make sure you understand sailing terminology. Understand what the clue, the tack, the head, the luff, the leech, the foot of a sail is. Know what a halyard is. Know what a sheet is. Know how you control the sails. Know what a traveler is. When you get on a boat the first time, the terminology is going to be a bit overwhelming to you. So before you get on a boat, learn the terminology, which brings me to my quick advertisement. I put together an audio course for you to do this. This is the ASA 101 series of lessons, the Sail, Learn to Sail Lessons for the ASA 101 Exam Basic Keelboat Certification. Well, the basic keelboat certification, a lot of it deals with the terminology, understanding the terminology and the basic maneuvers of a boat. So if you've listened to that course before you go down and get on a boat, you're going to be way ahead of the game, much more than I was when I first started racing. Let me encourage you to go ahead and buy that audio course. I try to make it entertaining by sharing personal anecdotes in the lessons, and I've got some pretty good reviews on it. So with that little bit of an advertisement out of the way, let's get back to this episode. Well, this is a wealth of knowledge because I've been looking for resources on sailing in the Black Sea, and you've given me more information in the last half hour than than hours of of browsing on the internet had ever given me. So, and I'd I'd searched the different forums, and there does not seem to be much information at all on the Black Sea. And if you have a chance, I know you're now you're for as a career. Are you a web designer? Is that what you do? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm a software developer, and I develop applications primarily for iPhone and iPads. Oh, so okay. I'm an iOS developer. Yeah. And I, I think I mentioned you in an email that uh, I've also been passionate both about writing uh, applications, developing applications, and sailing. I built my own application for tracking my cruises, cruises and also sharing real-time information about position and track with friends and family. Oh, that's nice. Do you have an app that people can, can buy that, that gives them that information, or is it? have you put it in the... Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do? Yeah, okay. it's public. It's on the App Store. Tell yeah. us about it, then. It's called Odyssey, but uh, not like the Greek... Um, poem it's with the sea at the end is the actual sea like the black sea it's uh, in terms of spelling and the application offers you a dashboard for tracking when you start cruising you, you press a button and then you get most of the most relevant sailing information that you get on all the other um, sailing applications on on a screen like speed over ground, course over ground, uh, the exact GPS position, uh, top speed, average speed from the beginning of the trip, and also the possibility to send by pressing a button to send your position. And when you click on that button, the friend just like with t- Twitter, the friends who follow your activity get an immediate notification about your latest position. And if they open the application on 
installed on their devices, uh, they can actually see your route uh, and your exact or your latest position, the position when you sent that, when you press that send position button. And of course, you can save all your tracks, and then you have a nice skipper profile uh, where you have a summary of all the miles that you went sailing. Uh, you can keep, you can add boats, favorite boats, and you can choose to assign certain routes. You can mention that certain tracks were done with one boat, other tracks were done with the other boat. You can keep track of the engine hours that you used uh, with each boat. So it has many, many features. I'm looking at your website, and I'm going to the, the tab that tells, says about Odyssey, and I'm looking at some of the pictures of it. And let me ask you a question. Are you on the images? Are you downloading Google Earth images into the, uh, into the app, or are you, um, how are you getting your images, or are you getting charts into the app? How are you doing that? No, uh, I don't download from Google Maps. I use the internal uh, Maps SDK software development kit from Apple. So it uses the Apple Maps inside the application, which means that if you want uh, to see your track on the map, uh, you need internet connection. So it's, not, it's not an app meant for uh, sailing like Navionics or Plan to Nav that have excellent uh, maps with a lot of uh, sailing data like you know, obstructions in the sea, and so basically all the information that you need for sailing. It's an app, or the intention of the app was to allow my friends and family to see me while I sail or to get notifications about my position, not to be worried. And at the same time, for me, to keep track of all, to keep track of the miles that I, that I, earn sailing or the mile basically have, yeah to keep track of the of the routes and all the miles that get added up well when i get done posting this ad i'll make sure i put a link to this so it, it looks like a really good app and I'm, I'm going to make sure i download it ah if you get the chance to take a look at it i would be very interested to hear your feedback uh what i wanted to make clear and i think i also it's it is specified also in the app store description is that the app is not an app like navionics for uh, sailing that can replace the traditional paper maps uh it is an app a, a helping tool that uh, allows you to quickly track your your sailing uh and at the same time to share the sailing related information with people on the shore it's also integrated with facebook so you can do just by pressing a button you can share your position and the picture of your track on your facebook wall uh, the tracks themselves get saved to dropbox so if you want to import uh, the gp the gpx the coordinates of your track in google earth you can just simply take the file, the GPX file from your Dropbox uh, account and put it on, on a map in Google Earth or Google Maps that you can further share on Facebook or in Google Plus. So it has a lot of features uh, that would allow you to share some of your tracks and your sailing adventures with people, with close friends and family. It, it looks to me like you could use this equally 
uh, as well if you were hiking. Is, would that work for if I go on a hike in the mountains? Of course, but all, all the information is geared towards sailing. Uh, it doesn't have... Everything is in nautical miles, in knots expressed. Uh, so, yeah, of course, you can track those, but you see them in uh, now in marine terms expressed. Well, yeah. if you can't do a little math, you shouldn't be hiking anyway. So, well, that's interesting. That's great. Talk to me about racing on the uh, on the Black Sea. How big is the racing fleet? Is it um, is it a group of people that go out on a consistent basis? Are you racing against other other clubs talk, talk to me about it because that's how i learned to, to sail and that's how i recommend people learn to sail is to get on a racing crew and make all your mistakes in a short period of time at somebody else's expense the racing environment gets bigger and bigger every year just to have an idea last year in the we call it well it's we call it a national championship because the points from all regattas count toward a final uh, towards a final we have how is it called when you have not a list but well there are there are different events every year there are eight regattas organized in Romania uh, two of them are organized by the Romanian um, sailing association uh, which is the official um, sailing association for Romania, right? For Romania, but part it's part of the Ministry of Sports, so it's the, the official. Yeah, all the other six regattas, the remaining six, six are organized by private clubs and the marinas, or a combination of clubs and marinas. And last year there were seven, and all the boats uh, that wish to take part, based on their uh, IRC um, co quote or number are classified into categories either a racer or a cruiser and last year there were seven racers this year there are already 15 racers uh, that were registered so it is a quite a big jump in the number in the number of uh, sailing boats that take part in these racing competitions uh, so it is a phenomenon that they keeps growing so um, do they all race out of the same harbor as a general rule? Some of them are organized by uh, some of the marinas. And I think in equal numbers, they start. some of them start from Tomis, from Constanza. Some of them start from Mangalia, further south, and Limano. Um, and usually they consist, all these regattas take place over the weekend, and they consist, they take place over two days, and they're... Two different um, races. The first one is an offshore race uh, that starts from one place and ends in another, or starts from one place. You have you go to a certain spot and then you you return to the same place, and it it's a longer route. Usually, it is between twenty and sixty miles. This offshore race. Uh, last year, there were a couple of offshore races in combination with some Bulgarian clubs and that started from Romania and went to, to Bulgaria, to Balchik. And the second, sorry, the second day on Sunday, usually, there are three inshore races. 
and the boats in the racer category have a different start than the boats in the cruiser category. And usually the boats in the cruiser category have shorter uh, races. For instance, an inshore race would, for racers would have three laps going three times to the uh, upwind mark uh, and then to the leeward mark and again so three times the cruisers would go only two times so when you have these races at other marinas you have a do you usually have a delivery crew that gets it down there in time for the race and then a take-home crew that takes it back part of the team is the delivery crew we talk among ourselves and decide who has time to go there a day in advance and take the boat from where it usually stays to the place where the competition takes place. And again, after uh, the competition ends on Sunday, part of the team uh, takes the boat back. Yeah, this is... What is your primary racing season? Does it start in May or April or how early do you go? It starts at the end of May. Usually the first regatta is in the last week of May. And it ends at the end of September. This year, we had a race in May, another one in June, one in May, this weekend in July, and then three in August and two in September. And the ones in September usually are the ones that are organized by the Romanian Sailing Association. And they're the most important ones for deciding the, uh, the Romanian champion. Well, Bogdan, that... Thank you so much for talking to me. I'm, I'm looking at your website, and I see you've got a little bit of information on Black Sea Sailing. The more you post up there, the better off we'll all be. Just having the names of the marinas and information on the marinas would be great. And I've really enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything else you, is there anything else you think you need to add to, to make sure we have a good, a good idea of what it's like sailing in the Black Sea and, and what your plans are? There's nothing else that comes to to my mind quickly, but your observations are very good. I'll find time over the summer to update my website and post uh, information about tours and uh, tips about some of the nice spots and the conditions along the, at least the Romanian part of the Black Sea. it would be great also, and thank you uh, for uh, reaching out to me and contacting me. I also got the chance to listen to, to some of your podcasts, in the, uh, especially in the last two weeks. And I'll surely follow closely your, your adventures. I heard from one of your, of your podcasts that you also crossed the Atlantic. In the long run, this is also my big plan, either to cruise it in, with, with a small group in, in uh, not alone, but with another friend. So I would be shorthanded. Uh, so at that point, I would again, I would, I would like to get in touch with you and discuss about uh, this big challenge, which definitely is way, way over everything that I've done so far in terms of racing and cruising. So I'm. We all start from somewhere. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to keep in touch. I wanted to ask you, where did you learn to speak English so well? Um, I studied in the States uh, many years ago. I did my college education in the States, in Boston. In Boston, okay. Yes. Which which university? There's a lot of universities Uh, in Boston. I know. I I went to Harvard (laughs) between 2000 and 2004. Okay. That's a pretty pretty prestigious university then. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Um, I was part of a group uh, of friends in high school who used to take part in math competitions. So we were pretty good in mathematics. And one of my best friends was accepted a year before me. I started mathematics at the University of Bucharest. And he encouraged me to apply for, for admission to a group of top uni, uni schools, to top colleges in the States. And I was fortunate enough to, yeah, to be accepted at, at Harvard. And Harvard also has a great policy about, about financial aid. They do not look at the financial situation of their applicants until they make up their minds uh, about whom they accept for the next year. And only then they they open the financial aid applications and decide to whom they uh, they were financial aid. Because otherwise, for us coming from Eastern Europe, it would have been impossible to be able to afford the costs of attending such a school. So it was a great experience. But after finishing college, I moved back to, to Romania. That's great. That's great. And and are you a self-employed or do you work for another company right no, now? No, no. I work uh, I work for another company. Yeah, I've I've tried to start uh, or yeah, over over the years I try to uh, the startup scene to do some uh, to start some projects on my own with other friends, but over time we realized that we're not yeah. <laughs> We lacked some some skills and some resources to be able to turn some of those ventures or to make them profitable to generate revenue. So I went back to working for a big software development company. Let's keep in touch. If you have some more things you'd like to add as time goes on, let's let's do another podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, Franz, very much. It was also my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to keeping in touch and discussing over the years various topics related to saving. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye, friends. Thank Bye-bye. you as well. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions for future episodes, or if you have some interesting stories to tell yourself, please contact me. I'm always looking for good new material. If you have friends that might be interested in this podcast, turn them on. I'm trying to grow my audience. The audience has been growing slowly, but I'd like it to grow a little faster. Neil's helping me with my Twitter account, my Facebook account, my Instagram account. I'm checking into Twitter now and then so you can connect with me through Twitter. But you're always welcome to write me an email directly, franz, F-R-A-N-Z, at medsailor.com. And if you're looking to learn how to sail, I have some audio courses to help you learn the terminology and techniques of sailing. But it will not replace the -the on-the-water experience you have to have in order to become a sailor. They're available at the website, medsailor.com. Check them out. Thanks. Get out there and go sailing now. Joe, you have something to tell me? No, I don't think so. I just got off the telephone with Bill Rutherford. Princeton can use a guy like Joe. What? Princeton can use a guy like Joel. His exact words. That's unbelievable. You're as good as in. I knew you could do it. Haven't I been telling you every once in a while, you just got to say, what the heck, and take some chances. You are so right.
The introduction and exit quotes for this podcast were from the movie Risky Business, released in 1983 and written by Paul Brickman. The dialogue, which was used in order, were played by Curtis Armstrong, who in the movie played the character Miles Dalby, Nicholas Pryor, who in the movie played Joel's father, Mr. Goodson, and Tom Cruise, who was the main character, who played the character of Joel Goodson. One of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs>